Dennis, we know you've been uh, very much involved in research as far as herbal medicine goes over the over the last many years. And uh, what's your latest project in herbal research? Jane, uh, one of my interests is following the idea that there are still to be found in the plant world numerous compounds or chemical constituents that may have a valuable activity against cancer. So presently I'm investigating a herb called Sutherlandia frutescens, which is used popularly in Southern Africa uh, for uh, helping individuals battle cancer. So my research presently is preoccupied with that herb and we'll talk about it a little later. To NURFM Health Naturally, taking your calls if you want to feel good and Dennis Stewart has got lots of answers and lots of things to discuss if you'd like to put your question through to us, 49216216. And, uh, well, Sutherlandia frutescens is what you're looking into, Mm. Dennis. Look, it's a a very interesting plant. Um, When we talk about plants and their potential use in uh, managing uh, some forms of cancer. Um, There's nothing unusual in this, Jane. Uh, Listeners might be surprised to know that two popular drugs, if you like, um, used to manage certain cancers are in fact extracted from the plant world. The drug known as Taxol, which is uh, popularly used uh, in cancer management by oncologists, is in fact a derivative or an extract of the American tree Taxus bucata. Um, Going back even further than that, listeners might be surprised to know that the two drugs, vincristin and vinblastin, which are used in the management of certain cancers, are extracted from the common herb periwinkle. So there's nothing unusual in looking to the plant world for compounds that may be useful in addressing certain cancers from certain perspectives. So I'm fascinated with the potential that still exists in the plant world, and you must therefore, in my opinion, take on board tradition. And uh, herbal medicine, as as you and I know, is is very strongly based on tradition. And a lot of people criticise that. I don't, because it's tradition that has led to Western medicine and research becoming interested in certain uh, traditional drugs, if you like. Well, one of the traditional remedies, and I use the word traditional in inverted commas there, one of the traditional remedies that's used by both the white, uh, the coloured, and the black populations of southern Africa is Sutherlandia frutescens, which is traditionally known as cancer tree or cancer bush. Now, we are not saying, and I would not expect listeners to interpret What I'm saying is saying, oh, this is a cure for cancer. What we are saying is, here is a herb, very easily grown, by the way, in Australia, although it's not grown yet, which has a tradition of benefit by the populations in Southern Africa for helping, obviously, in some forms of cancer management. Now, my hypothesis at this stage is that it probably is working in some way as an immunological stimulant, Uh, not particularly uh, containing, if you like, any chemical antagonism to to, um, cancer activity, but probably reinforcing the body's own immune system in addressing the cancer. Uh, Rudolf Weiss, in his book on herbal medicine, talks about herbs having the potential to non-specifically enhance the immune system. And I suspect that with this fascinating herb that I'm researching, 
Sutherlandia frutescens. If there is any benefit uh, on cancer coming from the traditional use of the, the herb, I suspect it goes back to the way in which the herb may be enhancing the sufferer's immunological response and giving the patient or the sufferer an edge in helping fight the condition. I am a great believer in seeing traditional remedies, and this is a bit controversial, I know, um, but I'm a great believer in seeing traditional uh, medicine accompany mainstream medicine in addressing cancer. This must always be done, of course, under the supervision and the understanding um, and approval of the appropriate oncologist. But there aren't too many patients or people that I see that who are having a cancer management that are not using also some form of alternative, complementary or traditional medication. So it's already happening, and sometimes it's happening unwisely. Things are being used which, in my opinion, are not the best things to be used. But I'm convinced that herbs like Sutherlandia frutescens may have a role to play as an agent based on traditional use in supporting or complementing certain aspects of cancer management. That's where I'm at at present, Jane. It is Health Naturally and it is 25 past 12. We heard for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. We're taking your calls, 49216216. Ian's rung in from North Arm Cove and Slippery Elm is on your mind, Ian. Yeah, uh, thanks very much for your show, Dennis. Most enjoyable. Thank you, Ian. Um, I've got Slippery Elm. I've been taking it for a while. Yes. And uh, I just happened to read on a blog that uh, you have to, uh, you know, not take food or any supplement uh, one hour, uh, within one hour of taking it. Uh, is there any uh, dietary restrictions in taking Slippery Elm at all? In my opinion, Ian, no. And there would be probably no one... Uh, in the English-speaking world that has dispensed, prescribed, recommended or used slippery elm more than myself. Um, there's a very theoretical hypothesis behind the statement you have made. Uh, slippery elm contains a fibre, and that is uh, mucilage, and it's a, a, a soluble fibre. But that fibre is found in so many other foods that if one were to uh, bias against slippery elm, one must necessarily, in my opinion, bias against all other forms of soluble fibre, and that would be an impossibility. So, um, in my opinion, um, using slippery elm and using it as a food in, in part of one's food intake, I place no restrictions, really, on when it should be taken. OK, well, you've answered my question. Thanks now, very much. Ha having said that, let me just say... And I mentioned this to Jane just before we uh, discussed your question. In my opinion, there would be very few herbs uh, as valuable to the human organism as slippery elm, particularly for its holistic benefits on every aspect of the gastrointestinal tract. You look at the areas where slippery elm works, and it will only work, by the way, if it is taken ongoingly and in the right dosage. People do not take enough of it to get the value from it. And that's why, interestingly, I recommend the use just as the crude 
powder rather than use more sophisticated preparations because a teaspoonful of the powder once or twice a day coincides with my idea of seeing slippery elm as a food. But you look at the way in which that can benefit. It can, ven- it can benefit, for instance, the esophagus, where the esophagus has been scalded or inflamed. It can benefit the gut, the stomach, where the stomach battles with the hiatus hernia or where it battles against inflammatory activity. It's useful when it gets to the large bowel, where it can soothe the bowel wall and be of assistance in managing inflammatory states, Crohn's and uh, ulcerative colitis. It's magic, magic for regulating transit time through the gut and is one of the most uh, useful and safe ways of ensuring good bowel functioning. You look at all those areas uh, and one can understand why in our system of medicine it has always been a standby remedy to recommend for most conditions of the gastrointestinal tract. You stay on it, Ian. In my opinion, it's one of the best things you can take. Okay, well, look, thank you very much, Dennis. And again, thanks for your show. It's a great one. Thank you very much, Ian. That's lovely to hear. Thanks for the comment. And this is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. 49216216 is the number for you to ring to get your call through to us. And um, on we're now going to Sue. Who's Sue? Hello. Hello, Sue. Oh, hello. Yes. Hello, Sue. Oh, hi, um, Dennis. Well, just a quick um, um, ask of you. Yes. Um, when I go on short-haul flights, I'm really blessed with my health. I never get sick, and Good. every time I go on a flight, I come home sick, and I'm going again in a couple of weeks, and I've got this googly gunk chest. Okay. Which is, it is clearing, but is there something that I can buy from you or suggest to build my immune system up to sharing germs? I don't want to share them on a flight. Okay, look, a couple of little things that will be safe to take overseas and will not cause any customs crisis. Uh, I'd hate to see you languishing in some horrible prison because you've been caught taking a herb into that country. But look, yes. my, my suggestion would be start taking some echinacea. Yes. And in conjunction with that, get some garlic pearls. Yes. High levels of vitamin C and zinc. Well, I take lots of vitamin C, so That's I good. need zinc, Put some garlic z- pearls and, and echinacea. And, get, and mm-hmm. get some echinacea. Look, I would be most surprised if that didn't stand you in good stead. And I'd be very interested to hear from you, Sue, when you got back from overseas, to tell me that that little trick helped and you didn't come back worse than when you left. Okay, look, thank you so much. Much appreciated. Thank you, Sue. To NURFM's Health Naturally. And, um, Dennis, we've been talking about some of your, well, major interests, I suppose, in herbal medicine. And uh, honey comes up again and again because you see so many uses for it. Look, I do, and it's uh, an ongoing fascination every time I walk out of my back door, even in my residence, uh, and I see my three beehives in the backyard working, I always pause and stand back and just admire those little creatures for the hard work they do and the very pleasant product they produce. It certainly is. uh, It's very interesting, in fact, uh, a phenomenon is um, occurring in the Hunter Valley presently, and that is the... uh, the, uh, the, uh, the spotted gum, 
mm. uh, is in blossom for the first time in quite a few years. Oh, really? I didn't realise that. In fact, in, in the latest bee journal, uh, the Australian Beekeeper, um, spotted gum honey is referred to as liquid gold. Mm. And I'm fortunate enough to have some of my hives uh, on the property at, at Rothbury, and they're feeding uh, frantically on the spotted gum, this liquid liquid honey. But quite apart from my fascination in seeing honey produced, honey has fascinated me for the potential use that it has therapeutically. And one thing I'm going to throw in for consideration today, which might surprise people, but might be of potential benefit from uh, sufferers of morning sickness. Yes. Morning sickness. Now, look, um, in the book, in the book entitled The Honey Revolution by Dr. Ron Fessenden and Mike McGuinness, two medical practitioners from the United States, the book The Honey Revolution, there is a very credible argument put forward for the potential use of honey taken seriously before bed for expectant mothers who are experiencing morning sickness. Now, I'm not going to go into the physiological explanation, although for the cynics and the sceptics out there, I refer them to the book again, The Honey Revolution by Fessenden and McGuinness, a book, by the way, that can be obtained from our good people at Penders in Moneybung Road in Cardiff. Great people, great supporters of, uh, of my ideas, and great suppliers of first-class uh, honey and beekeeping equipment, and also stockers of this book. Read that book if you are a sceptic. And on page number 70, read about, read about morning sickness and the way in which the two writers suggest that a dessert spoonful at least, a dessert spoonful of, of, of pure honey, one to two dessert spoonfuls, of pure honey immediately prior to going to bed has the potential to lessen, certainly lessen, the experience of morning sickness. Now, it's not a drug. It's not a drug, and it might sound quaint. It's not going to cost the suffering mother out there very much. It's worthwhile giving a go because anything that orthodoxy prescribes for it always has a question mark against it. For those that are battling with morning sickness, Listening to this program today may be of some benefit to you. Pure Australian honey, straight from the hive, got from your good health food store. Try taking that, at least a dessert spoonful, going to bed. Continue with it. See if after a couple of days, maybe a week, it starts to kick in with less symptoms of the nausea and the experience of vomiting, etc., which is so frequently experienced by young women and older women experiencing morning sickness. Well, mm. and that's certainly worth a try. It is. It's a fascinating, <laughs> as I say, my, my interest in honey used therapeutically is an ongoing fascination. And when I can't sleep some nights, when I'm thinking about all sorts of things, I'll flick open this book and inevitably I will stagger across something that just to use the colloquial expression, blows one's mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what we can do okay. with Danny's okay. question. Yeah. He's rung in from Rankin Park today and uh, spots on tummies for grandchildren is on your mind today, Danny. Yes, yes. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Dennis. Yeah. How are you? You've got molluscum, have you? 
Yeah, my grandchildren's got molluscan. I've got three grandchildren, and they range from about two and a half to eight years of age. And, uh, yes, I was wondering if you had any uh, any, uh, special herbal uh, treatment for for that sort of thing. Danny, your your GP has probably told you that this is a self-limiting condition, that it it will tend to dissipate on its own uh, over time. Uh, right. So my advice would be, and unless this is particularly disturbing uh, to your grandchildren, I would. my advice would be let the thing ride itself out, let your GP keep an eye on it. There's not a great deal, in, from my understanding, that, that mainstream medicine can do to quickly resolve the thing, apart from... Um, Inter- intervention by you know trying to get rid of them with with procedures um, in some in some cases particularly where the child is a little bit a little bit older I have sought to address it from an immunological perspective and use uh, immunosupportive uh, remedies remedies that I prescribe for people that have viral experiences or viral problems and I have used in the past as oral medication, I have used herbs such as Echinacea and I have used the combination known as Astragalus 8. And in some cases, and I've seen a fair amount of this in my 35 years, in some cases it would seem that that approach, uh, using something to enhance or speed up uh, the immunological resolution of the problem, has worked. So that's one recommendation that I would make. The other recommendation as far as topical treatments are concerned, and again, this might sound a little left field, but it's harmless. It may be of benefit. Uh, Try a good topical application of medicinal honey. Right. Anyway, thanks very much. I'll I'll pass that message on to my daughter, and uh, she can... um, Well, evidently the doctor has told her that they will go away, but uh, she's got... Two, two of the children yes. have had it for a while, yeah. and then yeah. now the oldest one has picked it up too. So, well, your your, your, uh, your GP is spot on. I have all, all I have done is reiterate uh, his interpretation. But again, it's a useful thing uh, to run past your daughter. The possibility that a safe use of of an oral remedy that uh, supports the, the immune system and a very safe application of of a medicinal honey preparation might encourage the treatment. Well, that's good. So something to pass on. 49216216 for your call. Steve uh, from Barnsley. Um, blood pressure. Yes, that can be a worrying thing. Hello, Steve. G'day, Dennis. Mate, uh, I'm, I may be a week out. I think last week I was listening, you were talking about Q10 in yes. assisting with yes. blood pressure. I mentioned Q10 as being an agent that uh, is used um, frequently to support uh, the medical management of blood pressure. And also it is called up in some of my references as a herb to con- or a preparation, a, a supplement, uh, to use in conjunction with other supplements that may uh, treat or be useful in addressing uh, borderline hypertension, particularly where the GP has said, look, uh, see with uh, a bit of weight loss, a bit of dietary modification, uh, a bit of self-monitoring, 
um, mm-hmm. you can get it to the point where I, the GP, uh, am not obliged to prescribe. And in that context, coenzyme Q10 and also my reading uh, suggests that lycopene, which is a constituent found in tomato, interestingly, and is mainly associated with prostate management, in some of the literature also, uh, it is used, again, as a supportive remedy to work against uh, elevation of of blood pressure and to address uh, borderline blood pressure, again, where the GP has said, look, do a few things, see if we can get it under control before I'm obliged to do that. Um, I do. Sorry, Dean, yep, yep, yep. I do keep the tomato industry going. Okay. <laughs> right. okay. Well, I, look, interestingly, I, I, I take, and my wife will vouch for this, it's a boring ritual, uh, I take every day of my life three capsules of lycopene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am an elderly man, and like uh, 90% of elderly men live in fear uh, of prostate pathologies, and I'm convinced that lycopene yes. is a useful agent to use for that. But My I've, father did have uh, some prostate yes, problems yes. A, a couple of times. Yes. Um, but he is averse to tomatoes. Yes. I have heard you speak about having, uh, is it lycosine? L- lycopene is the... Uh, lycopene. Yeah, it's, it's an uh, isolate. In tomatoes. I, I yeah. actually love tomatoes. Yeah, and look, so do I, but uh, a bit like your father, um, I'm a fan of them, but sometimes they're not a fan of me. Whereas I've found, oh. <laughs> I, 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 I've, I've found also to get a, a good dose and level of lycopene, a commercial pharmaceutical preparation from your pharmacist oh, okay. um, is worthwhile doing. Look, if, if you'd like to support what I have said about the potential benefit that this has on early blood pressure or borderline blood pressure. Mm. Um, If you hang on at the end of the program, my producer will take your name and address and I will send you some information on coenzyme Q10 and lycopene as as both of them are used uh, in cardiovascular conditions. Hang on and I'll send it to you. And I think think you'll be surprised. I'll be happy to do that. So stay on the line, Steve, and we'll... Go now to Pat, who has uh, rung in from East Maitland. And we talked a little bit about zinc earlier Mm. on, Dennis. Mm. Pat, you've got a question about zinc. (laughs) Sorry, Pat. (laughs) We've got you now. (laughs) Hello, Dennis. Hello, Pat. How are you? Uh, What I want to ask you, Dennis, is uh, zinc, about zinc. Yes. Um, Everybody tells me... uh, Everybody should take zinc. What's that do for you? Well, look, zinc comes in the food chain. Um, If you are an oyster fan, there's a fair amount of zinc in that. Um, But zinc is also used as a deliberate supplement because there is this understanding in our system of medicine that it's a a useful companion, particularly to vitamin C, in in affecting a better response to... um, immune system challenges, viruses, colds, recurrent infections. So I guess we'd say that medicinally it has a a potential use as an immunosupportive or immunostimulant agent uh, used with other nutrients, particularly vitamin C, to address the condition of recurrent infections. In my opinion, again based on experience and literature, it's also a necessary supplement to take for adolescents 
who are beginning to experience uh, acne conditions. It has a good reputation as a nutrient uh, to lessen the uh, virulence of this condition that can be quite nasty. And also, also it is used as a supplement uh, in some conditions of um, male uh, sperm count problems where using zinc is considered to be useful in enhancing the sperm profile of the male. So those are a couple of uses where zinc is used, perhaps controversially, but popularly in our system of medicine. It wouldn't help with your eyesight, does it? Look, I think, again, put it this way, it would be useful, but uh, with eyesight problems, if you have heard me talk on on this program previously, you will know that I am a fanatical uh, supporter of the uh, ongoing use of standardised medicinal preparations of bilberry. Yeah. What what sort of eyebrow, uh, eye problem do you have, Pat? Uh, uh, Repetinous pitnitis. Say it again. Repetinous pitnitis. Okay, look, it, I wouldn't suggest that it would be as useful for that condition as it might be in other things such as diabetic retinopathy. But look, it is such a useful supplement, uh, generally speaking, for the eyes and equally importantly for vascular conditions that it's worthwhile giving a go, Pat. It's not an expensive uh, substance. You can get it from your, your pharmacy at, at East Maitland there. I think yeah. uh, I think Blooms, there's a pharmacy, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, I'm across the road from there. Well, there you go. I'll yeah. probably see you around that area one day. But look, hop into Blooms, have a yarn with them. Go on to Bilberry. If it does you no good with an ocular condition, it's one of the best things to resist a lot of circulatory problems. And also, while I've got you, I yeah. rang you about a month ago. Yeah. I had a sore throat yes. and a bad cough. You yes. put me on the stage too, and and uh, Bonnie Gonzalez must have yes. done the job. It's not bad, is it? Yeah, it's not but bad. great. I reckon I, reckon I, I uh, should become a shareholder of Bonnington's. <laughs> but uh, I've had so many patients come in and say, oh, look, you recommended Bonnington's Irish Moss. I hadn't used it and hadn't heard of it for years, but I'll tell you what, it did the trick. Yeah, done it for me. I, I reckon I should oh, get a case fabulous. of Bonnington's. I'll have to contact the company and say, listen, you owe me one. Health Naturally. For our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And we've been taking your calls today. Lorraine has rung in from Boolaroo, Dennis. And uh, it's all about veins in the legs. Having babies does seem to uh, help with that. Lorraine, a question? It's about your daughter, isn't it? Good afternoon, Dennis. Hello, Lorraine. How are you? Thank you for I'm taking well my into... call. It's a pleasure. Um, I just wanted to know, my daughter is having trouble with her legs. Yes. Um, she's been told that um, she can't stand on them now for any more than an hour. Yes. And um, she'll have to go on a waiting list, of course, yes. to be operated on. Yes. And I was just wondering whether there was anything that you have there that might be able to help her and just relieve a bit of the uncomfort. Yes, look, what I would recommend um, are the following. You can jot these down. Right. Uh, obviously, it's in a very advanced situation, and what I'm going to say uh, is potential benefit. Um, what The first thing you need to appreciate is uh, perhaps the main herb used in the management of chronic varicose vein conditions is the well-known herb called horse chestnut. Horse? Horse, horse chestnut. Horse. Yes, H-O-R-S-E, horse, yep. chestnut. Very okay. popularly used. It's a, a European recommendation. Probably the most important herb and readily available. Uh, 
from, right. from good health food stores. Um, Vitology would, would stock preparations with uh, horse chestnut in it. It's an oral medication. Uh, usually in conjunction with that, either the ginkgo or bilberry. Ginkgo? Or bilberry. Or bilberry. But certainly horse chestnut. Now, they're, they're the herbs to, to think about, spearheaded by horse chestnut, supported by either the ginkgo or bilberry, but also, uh, also with this, your daughter must appreciate the incredible benefit of what are called bioflavonoids. And bioflavonoids. Now, bio-flavonoids. we spoke about them last week, and one of them is called rutin, R-U-T-I-N. R-U-T-I-N. Your, G- you. your GP or pharmacist <clears throat> or health food store proprietor would know about that as well as I do. That is well documented. It comes as a supplement. It has a potential benefit as a nutrient to support the herbs. And finally, finally, uh, it might be useful to get some distilled extract of witch hazel and yes. and lightly bandage those veins lightly va- bandage those veins with uh, with some bandages that have been soaked in the right. dis- in the distilled extract of witch hazel from your good pharmacist right got that yes i've written it all down thank you very much okay, it's Excellent. A pleasure. i appreciate that thank, thank you. you so thank good you. luck with that and we'll go now with Myrna, who's rung in from new lambton and it's your favourite uh, Bonnington's Irish moss is making an appearance again. Hello, Myrna. Hello, Myrna. Hello, thank you for taking my call. It's a pleasure. How are you? Maybe I'm in the back room. I can't get out of this. Good. Look, that's the Bonnington's Irish, Irish moss. I just caught the tail end of it. I always listen to you. Good. That lady just now was saying uh, sage tea with it. Yes. Okay. So, the, the, lady, the lady was uh, referring to... Uh, when she rang in previously, she had uh, an irritable, uh, what we'd call a sore throat condition, and and that was accompanied by uh, an irritable cough condition. Now, the sage is the most specific herb used in Western herbalism as a a gargle uh, to treat um, throat infections or sore throat conditions. Bonington's Irish moss, uh, based on the herb Irish moss, is an old-fashioned but still reliable remedy to assist in coughs that arise from irritability. So that combination of gargling with, with uh, sage, which can be purchased even from the supermarket, believe it or not, uh, a good gargle made up of that, and the use also of simple Bonningtons is a simple, uh, relatively easy and cheap way of managing many uh, cough and throat conditions. Ideally, Bonningtons, in my opinion, should be taken with, of course, some honey. If you use those three things, sage, Boddington's and honey, yeah. mate, you've got it beaten, as they say. Okay, now, that you say. Okay. Like, when I was a kid, I'm 85 now, but when I was a kid, that was what we had, the Boddington's. Yes. But it was a lovely taste. Has that changed? No, it's, 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 it's not changed. It's okay. Okay. And honey's good for you. Honey, honey, honey is one of the most remarkable things for addressing coughs even on its own, it has been shown to be very competitive with proprietary cough medications. But you put it with Bonningtons, which is based on natural substances, and for what are called irritable cough conditions, usually associated with viral states, it's hard to beat. 
So, hope that helps. Myrna and Louise will be our lucky last caller today. And you've rung in from Edgeworth, and your eye is giving you some problems. Yes. Hello, Louise. Hello, Dennis. Um, yes, I have uvitis yes. in my eyes. I was yes. just wondering what herbal what treat, remedy. What treatment? Are you on steroid for it? Um, I was, but um, it's stopped now. It, I beg your pardon, it? So, um, it yeah, I, yeah, I have been, but I've stopped the, I've stopped the, eye drops. Okay. But uh, but you're still, you're still symptomatic, are you? Yes. Okay. Look, a couple of little things that may help. Obviously, this is a medical condition, and you must remain under the good care of your of your doctor. But the herb eye bright, mm. the herb eye bright, botanically known as Euphrasia officinalis, is easily the most popularly. Uh, prescribed uh, remedy in our system for inflammatory conditions of the eye, particularly as complementary medicine. It usually comes in an encapsulated form. It's not expensive. It's very, very safe, used as an oral medication. And with that, with that, it would be wise, in my opinion, also to use a little biochemic remedy available from your health food store. You can get to Vitology at Warner's Bay probably. They yes. would have what I'm going to talk about, a little biochemic remedy known as Ferrum Foss, abbreviated F-E-R-R-P-H-O-S, with a 6X beside it. I know that sounds a mouthful. Ferrum Foss 6X, a remarkable little remedy, a biochemic remedy that is harmless, inexpensive, and with eyebright might give you that breakthrough. Um, what about turmeric? I wouldn't see turmeric as being as useful, in my opinion, as the two substances mm. I've mentioned. Okay, then. Okay, thank you, Dennis. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye. And thank you for your call, Louise. We've had some interesting topics raised by everyone today. Dennis, and of course, honey is always a good topic. Always. And comes up in so many things. Now, you say you've got spotted gums in your property. Yes. And your bees love them. They do. Are they looking endangered at your place? I make sure they're not in danger, Jane. Excellent. <laughs> I'm pleased to hear it. Well, thank you very much, Dennis Stewart. And um, Health Naturally will be back next Friday after the midday news. If you feel you'd like to have a listen to this program again, then go to our website, to nurfm.com, and you'll be able to catch it on podcast.